Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Alochas. Yoridea, Chelik Sheni, Hilcha Shiluach Hakan, Halocha Dalid, Paragraph Gimel. <coughs> we dedicate the learning today, Leibu Nishmas, Rafael Aliezer, Breb Shmuel Avigdor, whose yard site is today, on the 11th of Tishrei, and Leibu Nishmas, Yentefradl Bas, Reb Yeshuarie, Harini Kaporas Mishkova. And we dedicate the learning for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Baskalia, Rochel Baskalia, Shlomenisa Ben Mazel Avram David Ben Chana, Yitgenendel Basipoira, Lebalei Basipoira, Eliyahu Ben Miriam Rus, Rochel Tzipoira Bas Batshua, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, David Ben Behia, Shendel Basleia, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadassah, Shloyme Ben Rivke Sprinzer, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Yosef Avrom Eliezer Nisim Ben Pesia, Vesoich Shar Choli Yisrael. Rav Nosnazal is basing this halacha on the chapter on the Kutimran, I believe it's Torah Ein Beis, which has Tremendous, tremendous chizuk. Yes. Torah in days. Okay. Paragraph Gimel. V'zeh b'chinas imruach ha-moishel talo alecho mekoimcho al-tanach ki marpe yaniach ha-toem gedoilem. Rav Nosenzal says, Hainu imyala v'yizgabra lecho ruach ha-moishel shuayet zahorev ha-yeloisov if a person feels that the Yitzhahara is fighting them in a very powerful way with thoughts, all kinds of extraneous thoughts when the person is trying to daven or to do any kind of mitzvah, and the Yitzhahara is called this Moishel, Shehu Roitzel Limshel Bachasvishon, he wants to rule over you. Bibchinas Melech Zokin Uksil. We see in Kohelis that he's referred to, the Yitzhahara is referred to as Melech. Because so long as we are in a state of golus, so long as we are not high, flying high, our Yetzirah, our adversary, is referred to as Melech and Moishel. He's very powerful. And sometimes he rules over us. As it says there again in Kohelis, there was a small city, and a great king came to attack. And the Gemara says in Adorim, that this Melech Godel over there in Kohelis is referring to the Yetzirah. And the Pasuk that we quoted earlier gives us advice. That if this Yetzirah is rising up against you. This is referring to all of the thoughts and the, the fantasies and the imagination and the confusion that the Yetzirah, this is the Yetzirah and all of his armies that attack a person's mind when a person, especially when a person is trying to daven or learn the most important advice for the person at that time is 
don't leave your place. Don't retreat. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't stop your davening or learning. Don't leave your place. Don't stop what you're doing in Kedusha in order to look back, to look at the Satan, at, at these thoughts. And to try to fight against these thoughts that are disturbing you. But rather, stand your ground solidly. Don't leave your place no matter what. Don't stop what you're doing. Proceed. Proceed with your learning. Proceed with your davening. And then, automatically, eventually, all of this, all of this confusion will leave. Because this confusion, all of these negative thoughts and everything are coming as the result of major sins. Because all of these outside thoughts are coming to a person as a result of the sins that that person has performed. It could be in this Gilgal, it could be even in a previous Gilgal. Vizehu the marpe here, the refua here is not to look at them, not to, to ignore those thoughts completely. Because through this, the person will leave, will be released from those major sins, shehem habilbulim vadimyoinus, which is all the confusion and all of these thoughts that are in the person's mind that are preventing them from focusing on davening and learning things they want to do. Because if you will follow this advice of Rabbi Nazal, of not trying to fight those thoughts, but just to, to focus on the good things that you want to do, your davening, your learning, you will be cured and you will leave those thoughts behind automatically. Because they will leave by themselves if you follow this advice, if you don't try to battle them and if you don't go into any negotiation with them. Don't, don't get involved at all whatsoever with those thoughts. Paragraph David. And this is also what's meant by the Pesach in Tehillim, chapter 38. My heart is going round and round in circles. Again, I'm being bombarded with all kinds of thoughts. And I feel I have no strength. And I'm being attacked by those who seek to harm me. And they're speaking all kinds of negative things all day, putting all kinds of negative thoughts into my mind. My, my response to this is that I'm like a person who's deaf. I don't hear anything they're trying to say. And I'm like a mute. I don't open my mouth to argue with them in any way. 
ואוהי כאיש אשר לא ישנאה ואין בפיו תוכחס. I make myself like a person who doesn't hear and I have nothing to say. Ayin Shom Kol Hamizmoa. Rav Nosenzal says, take a look at that entire chapter until in chapter 38. Hainu Kanal, because this is exactly what we discussed earlier, based on Rav Nosenzal's words. Kishem Izgabrim Habilbulim Mo'oid Mo'oid. That when a person is being attacked by these extraneous thoughts, all kinds of negative thoughts, that they don't want to be thinking. Bibchinas Libi Scharchar. And the person does not have the ability to stand up against them because we are in a major golos today. Klal Yisrael is in golos and each individual person is in a golos. The, the Pasuk says, When a person's das is not bishlemus, that's called golos. That state of mind is called golos. And all of us are in a state of goals. Bibchinas, as Dovr HaMelech says, Azovani koichi, my strength has left me. Vechulu, etc. Azai, when a person is in that kind of predicament, Atzosay, the advice for that person is, Bibchinas, va'ani kecheresh lo yeshma. I'm like a deaf person who doesn't hear. Vo'ehi kisha shelo yishanea. Da'hainu sheyase es atzmoi ke'eno yishanea. The person can make it as if they don't hear. I don't hear any of those thoughts, any of the messages that those thoughts are trying to convey. Don't look at those thoughts, don't consider them in any way, and don't try to respond to them in any way in your mind, thinking, is it true, is it real? Because if you will attempt to get involved with those thoughts, chas v'shalom, they'll get stronger. As the Pesach says there, Because it's only to you, Hashem, that I, I direct my, my, hope, my hope. You will respond. Because I said, if I try to battle them, they'll rejoice against me. Rav Nosanzal says, take a look at the words in the Pasuk there. Because of our many sins. And this is what causes this bombardment, bombardment of all of these wrong types of thoughts. Azai, kolma Anything a person will want to respond, in any way a person will want to respond to those thoughts and to try to stand up again and do battle with them, they'll get stronger and stronger. They'll get worse. Therefore, the advice that Rabbein Azal gives, and Rabbein Azal reiterates this, is to be like a deaf person who doesn't hear. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in thinking about that at all whatsoever right now. And don't look at them in any way. Ignore them completely. Question in the chat. 
if a person is used to always worrying about things, these thoughts are going to pursue them during tefillah as well. But can it really be said that this is the result of a person's sins? The answer is yes. It's a pasuk. Edag mechatosi. I worry from my sins. That sins cause worrying. And I heard from one of my rabbis, Ramosha Bushtin Zahanavrocha, and then I saw it afterwards in a sefer. He used to say, if I thought worrying could help you even a little bit, I would let you do it. But since we know that not only doesn't worrying help, but it causes damage, it's very harmful, we don't go there. We don't go to that place called worrying. That's not one of the choices. We have issues. We're mispalel. When we're mispalel, when we daven Tashem about the things that we could be worrying about, I put my heart into the tefillah. Once I finish davening about it, that's it. I don't go there anymore. I put my mind and heart in Torah and tefillah and mitzvahs and in good things, not no worrying. Paragraph A. And this is also what the Pasuk says in Shira Shirin. This is a very famous item that Rav Nosan Zal is bringing out. Hashem says, my beloved dove, he's referring to Klal Yisrael, is, is caught between the rocks in, in a hidden place. Upirish Rashi, Rashi Yakovish points out, that Pasuk is referring to when Paroi was chasing after the Jews. After we left Egypt already, we're free. And we're standing before the Red Sea. And now Paroi comes chasing us with powerful army. And there's no place to escape. There's no escape. Lifnehem. To go forward, mipnei ayam, the Red Sea is there. Veloi lehiponois, mipnei tzachayis rois. Can't run to the sides because there's wild animals there. It's a wilderness. And, and Paroi chasing us from behind. So we're surrounded on all sides. Lema hoyu doinen What could the Jewish nation could be, could, could be compared to at that moment? Leyoina, like a dove, who's flying away to try to escape an eagle or some kind of other bird that attacks smaller birds. And the dove flew into a small opening between the rocks, between the big rocks. And there a snake is, is, is hissing towards it. The snake is there with its mouth open, ready to swallow the dove. If it goes further inside the rocks, the snake is there to kill it. If it goes out, that killer bird is out there. Hashem says to this dove, Hashem says to Bnei Yisrael, at that moment, now let me see what you're really all about. Let me see what you do when you're in an emergency. 
let me see how good you are at knowing how to respond to this type of situation. Who do you turn to in a, in a, at a time of emergency? The Pesach says there in Shir Hashirim, let me hear your voice. Scream, cry out to me, Hashem says. What did the Jews do? The Jews cried out to Hashem, and sure enough, we were saved. Paroi and his army were defeated completely. The Red Sea split. It was a complete Yeshua. And this entire scenario that we just described is what every single Jew experiences when they want to come close to Hashem. And all of his armies, all of his assistants, who are represented in that story by Paroi and the Egyptians, they come chasing after the person with all types, all different types of pursuit and persecution. And the source of their power is the Midas Hadin of Hashem, which they draw energy from. And because of the powerful Midas Hadin that's been activated against the person, as the Gemara says in Tainus, when a person down here on earth decides that they want to become a tzaddik, they want to become religious, so they want to become more religious, then up in heaven, there's an announcement. There's a new customer, a new person who wants to become religious. He wants to be a tzaddik. Anyone have any comments? And the Yitzhahara comes running to say, oh, he woke up now. Oh, now after, after doing all kinds of bad things or after all kinds of... Now the person suddenly wants to become a tzaddik. Let's see if they really deserve it. Let's test them. And as a result of this, the person finds themselves being chased and persecuted from all sides, with all types of obstacles <clears throat> and suffering and confusion. And it's exactly like this scenario we described when the Jews left Mitzrayim. From behind them, the Egyptians are chasing them. And in front of them, they have the raging sea. And on both sides, in the desert, in the wilderness, there are all kinds of wild animals. To the point where there was nowhere to run to, no escape in any direction. Like in that moshal of the dove that flies away, that tries to fly away from this attacking bird. And all of this is what is experienced by a person who wants to come close to Hashem. 
because a person who decides that they want to come close to Hashem, that person is trying to leave Egypt, to leave their Egypt. Because what was leaving Egypt really all about? It was leaving a place of Tumah and trying to enter into Tara, into purity, trying to get to Eretz Yisrael, trying to get to Har Sinai. The Jewish nation was trying to leave the Tumah and the filth of Paro in Egypt and enter into the holiness and purity of the Jewish nation. As Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, when you succeed in taking the Jews out of Egypt, they will serve Hashem on this mountain. And every single person in every single generation who wants to come close to Hashem must experience this type of crisis. As the Gemara says, it was in Psachim, that when it comes to the Seder night, every single Jew has to picture themselves as if they came out of Egypt. And when the Sitrachra and all of its armies are chasing a person and pers persecuting a person with all kinds of confusion and negative thoughts, the and the person has no nowhere to escape. And there's no escape. The person is swimming, surrounded by these thoughts. Because the person feels that from every single side, all around them, they're being attacked with confusion and obstacles and pain and suffering. Then if the person will want to look back if the person will want to dwell on those thoughts in any way, then the thoughts will become worse, more oppressive. Therefore, the only solution, the only advice and solution is for the person to cry out Hashem from where they're at. And not to look back at all, not to engage those thoughts in any way whatsoever. It seems like it happens every day. Correct. Seems like it happens every day. Every day, and it could be multiple times during the day that a person is bombarded with thoughts. We know that we're told that Rabnasanzal. Rav Nassau, the closest student of Rav Nassau, he said that one of his issues was that he was a Baal Machshava, which means constant thoughts bombarding him all the time. 
And the Rambam writes that that's one of 24 things that makes it difficult for a person to do tshuva. And Rav Nosanzal said that this was one of the issues that he was dealing with. And when he came to Rabbi Nassau, and Rabbi Nassau gave him advice, he saw that Rabbi Nassau was giving him the right advice to be able to solve all of his issues, including this one. When Rabbi Nassau told him, sometimes a person feels we're in that kind of state, I can't learn right now. I can't. So don't learn. Say to Hillen, you can't do, you can't hit a home run, hit a single. There are people who, again, because they, they, they're going for the home run only, they won't hit the single. And, and again, because they're such thinkers, they can't let go. They can't let go of, of certain thoughts. And a person needs to know that if you don't let go, it's going to get worse. And the only way to let go is change the channel. Just change the channel. Put your pe- your brain cannot be in two places at the same time. Put your head into something else. Tehillim, Likutet is singing, counting, balatas, whatever it takes to disengage from these thoughts that are bombarding the person at the time. Because everything that the Jewish nation experienced when in leaving Egypt and receiving the Torah and everything they went through afterwards during those 40 years in the desert, the and the seven years of war, battle, to conquer Eretz Yisrael, there were 31 kings in Eretz Yisrael at the time. The and everything that we endured afterwards during the time of Yahushua, during the time of Shmuel Anoi, during the time of all the prophets, the exactly, hakoil kasher lakoil oiver al kol odom All of those battles, all of those struggles and everything are going to be experienced by every single person who wants to be zeichet to olam haba wants to be zeichet to lead the right kind of life. The person must experience many different types of battles and wars, countless. And whenever the person wants to motivate themselves, to, to make a new beginning <clears throat> in trying to come close to Hashem, <clears throat> the other side gets stronger. The opposition comes back hitting harder. <clears throat> Especially in the beginning, when a person is starting a new project, a new, a new era in their life. Just as it was when the Jews came out of Mitzrayim. As soon as Moshe Rabbeinu came to Paroi to inform him that he's about to take the Jews out of Egypt, Paroi said, yeah, let's see. Just for that, I'm going to make things worse for them. Now they're going to have to work a hundred times as hard. Till now they had to complete a certain amount of construction every day, but they were given bricks and cement. Now no bricks, no cement. Make the bricks yourself. Make the cement yourself, and you still have to complete the same quota of construction every day. And if you don't, you're going to get whipped and beaten. 
כי הסדרה אחרא, כשרואי שבו צדק אמיתי בחינס מוישה, ולא יצא רוהצי איש הישראל מגורס נפשוי, because when the Sitrach sees that a true Tzad Tzadik, who is like Moshe Rabbeinu, is coming to take a Jew or the Jewish nation out of Golos, out of their spiritual Golos, the Sitrach fights much harder. And what, what are the tools that Yetzar used to fight the person? All kinds of sinful desires and the struggle for Parnosa. To the point where the person, it feels to the person like it's impossible for them to move, to, to get close to Hashem, to do tshuva. However, the, the way that the holy Jewish nation responds to all of this is, we take the, the methodology that our forefathers did. We follow their guidance, what they did when they were confronted with these kind of problems. And we always are crying out to Hashem. And through Tfilah, through his spoiledness, through Tehillim, through Likutei Tfilois, through that, we're to always defeat the Sitrachra, Paroi and his armies, the Sitrachra, the Kitoiseim, and all of their all of their groups, all of their assistants. But even though we defeat them, they keep coming back. Repeatedly, many times. Just like each time that Paroi got hit with one of the ten plagues, he seemed to get the message. He seemed to become subdued and humbled. But a short while later, he comes back again. Paroi became tough. He toughened his heart. And even after Hashem hit Paroi with all ten plagues, he was forced to release the Jews from Egypt. He Paroi gathers all of his remaining armies and comes chasing the Jews. And this is exactly what each and every one of us experiences all the time. So this is reality check. This is Rav Nassau telling it, telling us exactly what to expect. So nobody can say, I had no idea, I didn't know, I had so much. And each and every one of us can understand this based on where we're at, based on, on, on exactly who we are and where we are and what we are. The fact that we experience all kinds of ups and downs so many times. All of this is coming 
from that same place, Bechinas Golos Mitzrayim, the fact that we are in exile, Klal Yisrael is in exile, Golos Mitzrayim. The Iker HaGolos, who Golos HaNefesh, because the main exile is the spiritual exile, that our soul is in exile. And the Medrash says, all different types of exiles are called Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means constriction, imprisonment. When a person feels stuck, they're, they're surrounded on all sides and bombarded. That's called Golus, and that's called Golus Mitzrayim. A few days ago, I just picked up the Sefer Yemei Moranat, Rav Nosenzal's biography. Just want to, saw it in front of me and wanted to take a look at it again. Open up page one. Start reading about Rav Nosenzal's life. So about everything in his life until he met Rav Nosenzal, he writes like a half a paragraph. And then he's, he starts speaking about his life. And he speaks about how when he finally met Rav Nosenzal after a whole search and everything, and he comes to him, and he sees that this is this is Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the one who can take him out of Golis. This is the one who can save him. And then all H breaks loose. All H. The whole world is at his father, his father-in-law, his wife, his friend. Everyone is against him. Everyone is against him. And he writes that a short while after he came to Rabbeinu Zal, his father threw him out of the house. His father told him he can no longer live in his house. Rav Nosenzal was living with his wife in his father's house. His father was wealthy at the time, big home. And that was the custom at the time. Rav Nosenzal was learning. He was a tremendous masmid, learning, growing. And Rav Nosenzal writes that for the next period of time, he doesn't say how long, but I believe it was maybe months, his wife remained in his father's house. And he had to be, live with his grandfather. He had to be with his grandfather. And I'm reading this and I can't believe my eyes. This is Rav Nassazal. Hashem had very few people in the world at that time that loved Hashem and that respected Hashem and were devoted to Hashem like Rav Nassazal before he met Rav Nassazal. And, and this, is what, this is what he has to go through? Besides the fact that everyone's calling him, everyone's saying he's a loser, he's a nobody, this person who was respected and beloved by everyone, everyone, came from a wealthy, respected, religious, aristocratic home, and his father-in-law was what, was more, one of the greatest respected Rabbonin in, in the whole area, in that whole part of Eastern Europe at the time. And the father-in-law took him because he saw the potential of Rav and suddenly the whole world, the entire world is against them. World is nothing. But when it's your own parent, your father, and your father, and your wife, your own wife, can't be under the same roof. This is what Ragnosis Allah do. What Averis? Where are you going to find out? What Averis did he do? And the answer is that we see from this example that this is what a person can expect, that it's quite possible that any person who wants to come close to Hashem may have to experience something like this. Each one in their own world, in their own way. The Yitzhahara comes in 365 different flavors and colors. It's got a different, different methodology for each and every person.
But once we read about Rav Nassar's life, we read what he went through. So now we, we have a prototype. We see what a person who really wants to come close to Hashem, what they can possibly expect and be prepared for. And, and we see Rav Nassar was success. He succeeded in the most incredible way that today thousands of people are learning his foreign. When I see people, when I see Bali Tshuva, people who, who look like Chilonim, they look like they're totally not religious. And they come to the city of Breslov and they climb up the mountain and they come to Rav Nassar's kever and they jump on it like they're jumping on, on, a, on a mountain of gold, like they found a mountain of gold with such an excitement, expressing such feelings of gratitude to Rav Nassar that your Sforim saved my life. Your Likutei Tfilos, your Likutei Alochas, and everything you did for Rabbein Azal saved my life. That's what made me religious. I, I've seen this with my own eyes. And this person, we read what he endured, and some of the other Talmudim who were so poor, they couldn't afford a horse and buggy. They walked for a few days when they had to get to Rabbein Azal. When I hear people talk about Mesiris Nefesh, the breast of us this year for Rosh Hashanah, Mamish Masiras Nefesh. It wasn't a three-hour flight on a, on a plane, on an air-conditioned plane with, a, with glad kosher meals and everything. We had to go on buses, on buses, and we had to wait hours at the border. Mamish, we're talking about people who risked their life during World War I and World War II when breast of us wanted to go from Poland to Rabbeinu Zalsin, there were border guards. Anyone who tried to cross the, the border from Poland into the Soviet Union got shot. And people risked their lives to come to Rabbeinazal. And again, there weren't any air-conditioned buses. There were no buses, period. Saying we, we read about what the obstacles and the struggles. We hear about one of the Gedolim. I, I have to remember who it was. The Ragged Shava, one of the great Sadiqim in the Litvish world who couldn't afford a pen. And he wrote his forum with charcoal. He wrote with his finger, dipping his finger into charcoal. That's how he wrote his forum. He couldn't afford ink and a pen. When we read the struggles that previous generations went through, we need to know that if we are experiencing struggles, we need to know it's to be expected. And again, if a person will be zeigher to follow Rabbi Nazar's advice and Rabbi Nazar's advice, how to deal with it, then we have a very good chance of success. Any questions? Hi, can I ask a quick question? Just a moment. A question in the chat. Does this advice apply only to bothersome thoughts? Can it apply to annoying people too? The answer is definitely. Definitely yes. It applies to any type of obstacle or struggle or difficulty that a person is 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 experiencing. The pasuk about worrying, we said two words: edag mechatosi. Edag doeg lidog means to worry. I worry from my sins. And Rav Nosson writes this in several places in the Kutelachas that one of the major causes of people worrying is sins, sins. Preferably if the question is related to what we're learning right now. Well, 
also, what would be the guidelines for that? Going after what you want to, you know, but it's a shame because sometimes here, Nassim ends up leaving his house and people come with all kinds of ideas how, you know, they break up their families and all kinds of terrible things that do happen. When a person, um, so, right. when a person is experiencing these manias and everything, a person needs to dive very hard and seek advice of the tzaddik. Rav went to Rabbeinazal. We read, you read the biography. He went as often as he could when he felt he was you know, really struggling and didn't know what to do. He would go and tell Rabbeinazal the struggles he was going through and seek advice. And Rabbeinazal told him how to deal with each situation. There were times that Rabbeinazal told him, there was a time Rabbeinazal came for Shavuos and Rabbeinazal told him, go home, you cannot stay. And Rav Nosanzal had to leave. He was not there for that Shavuos because Rabbeinazal understood that the, the, the crisis at that time was in such a state that if Rav Nosanzal would stay, it could possibly lead to a divorce. And, and Rabbeinazal did not want that and knew that that wasn't the right thing. And there were other times when Rav Nosanzal came and Rabbeinazal knew that there's going to be a lot of heat, a lot of fire. And yet Rabbeinazal understood that that this is the way it has to be. This is that Rav Nosanzal has to have that level of Mesiras Nefesh, and, and his wife has to experience what she's going through and everyone in order in order that that the that Rabbeinazal's teachings should should be come into the world and endure, endure until Mashiach's coming. And in order for Abnosal to, to become the success that he became and be Makar of the hundreds or thousands of people that he would eventually be Makar of. We see in the end that, again, because Rav Nosanzal davened so hard, and because he was such a Talmud Chacham, and because he sought advice, in the end, his wife was beshawing with him 100% and supportive of him. And his father, in the end, realized that he had made a mistake, that Rav Nosanzal was on a very, very good path, a very good trajectory. And, and again, most of the people who were Zecher, who, who who at first questioned him, saw in the end, they saw his incredible success. So a lot of this, not every person is qualified to decide for themselves when to fight and how to fight these battles. A person needs to learn a lot, and a person needs to daven a lot, and a person needs to seek advice of Talmud Chacham in every step of the way. And everything we're describing here is coming from what Rabbeinazal discussed over there. Rabbeinazal refers to it as Sichos, because it wasn't a typical type of Torah. That chapter in the Quran, chapter 72, where Rabbeinazal says, There are many different types of Yetzirah and different levels of Yetzirah. And from the incredible powers and types of Yetzirah that there are, that's where all of this stuff comes from. The fact that a person throughout the, every single time the Yetzirah is coming at them new, with new tricks, with new obstacles. 
ואפילו לאחר מתן תוירה, שכבר פוסקה זו עמוסון. And even after the Jews already received the תוירה on Har Sinai, where the Gemara says that at that point in time, the original Tumah that the snake injected into mankind at the time of the Eitz Hadas, which continued for 2,448 years, stopped. It's, it left the Jewish people. And we were completely free of the angel of death at that point in time after receiving the Torah on Har Sinai. And we were zeche to an incredible, awesome, high level of holiness. Despite that, his Garobohem Achakach, the Eitzahora, came back again afterwards. To the point where the Eitzorah succeeded in getting some Jews to, to get involved in the sin of the golden calf. Rav Nosanzal says, this is incredible. Where in the world is this, is this coming from? After the Gemara tells us, the Tumor was terminated. And the Jewish nation was to see Hashem clearly at Har Sinai, face to face. It's possible after such an incredible high to fall so hard. However, all of this is coming from that place. Rabbein Azal explains in that ch- chapter 72, that there are many, many different types and different levels of Yetzirah. And even great, awesome tzaddikim, they also have a Yetzirah. It's not the same Yetzirah as us. It's not ice cream and chocolate and sleeping late in the morning. It's none of that junk. It's Shehumalach HaKodesh. It's a very holy angel on a very high spiritual level. And it's from there, from all of these different types and levels of Yetzirah, that all the different tests that we found we find throughout the Torah that the Jewish nation experiences as a nation and individual people, whereby our forefathers tested Hashem. Because although Rabbein Zal tells us there that the Yetzirah of these tzaddikim is a very holy angel, and their Yitzhahara is only a super high level of Midas Hadin, which has not yet been sweetened. Uh, uh, that what happened says despite all of this even tzaddikim if they are not to sweeten these dinim 
And to, to break this Yetzirah, who is a Malach Kodosh, the Yetzirah can come back against them and knock them down, push them down, far down, and cause them to make mistakes and, and drift away from Hashem. And cause them mamish to become lost, very, very lost. As we find these holy, holy Jews got involved in, in the mistake of the golden calf. Were it not for Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the one who stood there at this breach in the fence, and he pulled them out. He pulled them out of Yegel Azov. And he was able to get Hashem to forgive them. It's not coincidence that we're learning this today. Today is Shem Hashem, it's called. Today is the day after Yom Kippur. It's on Yom Kippur. Yesterday on Yom Kippur, we said many times, Hashem that's referring to what we're learning about right here. That Moshe Rabbeinu, when the Jews hit their the lowest lows, Moshe Rabbeinu defended us and he pleaded and begged Hashem until he got Hashem to forgive us. And Rav Nassazal says, there are similar experiences that many great people in Jewish history experienced. Whereby they were on very high level. And afterwards they fell very, very far down. And all of this is the result of what we've described throughout this halacha, based on chapter 72 in Kudimran. It's all based on the fact that there, there are levels and levels, just like in Kedusha, there are infinite levels. In Sitra Achra, there are infinite levels. There are infinite levels of the Eight Sahara. And there's such diversity and such variety in the Eight Sahara on every level. And, and the, the Mishnah says, Val Kenan Rabbi says on this is why the Mishnah says in Perkyovois, Val Tamin ad Don't get overconfident. Don't trust yourself until the day you die. Until a person is dead, they're still in this ring. The person still never knows when the Eight Sahara is going to attack them, Chastashon. Al Kain Srichin Tomid Hashem. And therefore, a Jew has to always be crying out to Hashem. And to get rid of all kinds of sophistication, all kinds of deep thinking, which is the cause of all of this confusion in a person's mind. But rather to serve Hashem with honesty and sincerity and simplicity, just to keep trying to do mitzvahs and meisentoyven, to be learning Torah and davening and mitzvahs, one after just another one, another one, another line of tefillah, another minute of hispaidus, another mitzvah, another act of tzedakah. Vaos laolam loyimoit. If a person will always be talking to Hashem, always, nothing will stop that. 
and, and crying out to Hashem, whenever they're feeling crisis, whenever they're feeling struggle, always knowing that I can turn to Hashem. Uh, I, I, I always have, Hashem is always there to reach out to. And Hashem is the master key. There's no problem in existence that I can't turn to Hashem about. Because crying out to Hashem and tefillah and pleading always help, no matter what. Any questions? It's interesting that today is the day of the Yom Kippur, and Yom Kippur we said Oshamnu a thousand times and al and everything. And this morning, we don't say it, the, the, these days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot and throughout Sukkot and for the rest of the month of Tishrei, we don't say Tachnun, we don't say Oshamnu. But in Shmon Esrei, in the paragraph of Shemeat Fila, there's a small paragraph, some of the Sedurim have it on bottom of the page, where a person can insert, before you say those closing words, Ki ato a person can say their own personal vidui. And a person can mention any of their own sins that they recall. And this morning when I was davening Shmon Esrei, I'm used to usually saying that paragraph. And this morning I looked and I was about to say the paragraph and a thought came to my mind, yesterday was in Kippur. We said this 10,000 times. And I said, wow, here goes 10,001. Because what do you mean? We supposedly we got clean, we're totally clean. Rav Nosenzal tells us that the Sahara is every day, every moment, and, and, it, and it's never enough. So any opportunity, any opportunity that we have to apologize to Hashem, any opportunity that we have to, to call out to Hashem, to talk to Hashem, we have to grab it. We have to know there's nothing better in the world. There's no greater privilege in the world than talking to Hashem. Number one, thanking Hashem all the time for all the positive things in our life and pleading with Hashem, pleading with Hashem for guidance, direction, we just finished Aseris Yimei new beginning. What am I supposed to do? What, what, what's my direction for this year? What does Hashem expect of me? What does He expect of me today? Sukkot is coming. There are so many important mitzvahs in Sukkot. <clears throat> There's the, the, the building of the Sukkot and, and sitting in the Sukkot and sleeping in the Sukkot. There's the Dalad Minin. There's preparing the meals of Sukkot. There's inviting guests. Yontif, we're told, that a person isn't yoytze, the mitzvah of sudas yontif, unless they have guests in their sukkah. So many different mitzvahs every single day. And the aftermath of the aseris yimei tshuva, putting away the things from Yom Kippur, everything, person needs Hashem's direction and support. And then the things going on in, 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 my, in my world. My daughter is expecting any day. My daughter just gave birth. And, and my son, my daughter needs a shidduch. Billions of things, and and the Eight Sahara can you know a person can become so overwhelmed. But I remember, I remember as a teenager, the first time that I was zeched to read the Sefer Hishtapchus Anefesh, which teaches you about feel about his spirit of the speaking to Hashem. I remember I couldn't believe my eyes that I was just given the the solution, the secret of the, of, of the the success that the greatest success of any person on this world 
is if a person will be to speak to Hashem, to reach out to Hashem all the time with the guidance of the tzaddik, obviously, with the guidance, because a person on our own, we don't know what to say to Hashem, we don't know anything, but but by using the the svarim, the teachings of Rabbi Nezal, and the entire Torah, but especially the teachings of Rabbi Nezal, Rabbi Nezal, a person is taught about what the purpose of life is, what the mission is, and a person is told exactly what to expect, exactly what to expect. So when, when a crisis occurs, this I never expected. We're, we're being told here to expect anything and everything. And again, we're being told exactly what the, what the best way, what the correct way to deal with it is. We should be zayich. Hashem should have rahmanas on us. He knows that we're not like the tzaddikim of previous generations. We're not as smart as they are. We're not as strong as they are. We can't handle their type of tests. Hashem has to give us baby tests on an hour level, and, and we should be to absorb the advice of Rabbi Nezal, Rabbi Nezal and to, to reach out to Hashem properly and to ignore what we're supposed to ignore and thereby be to a, a complete refua and Yeshua and the final gula, the coming of Moshiach, Amen, Amen, Amen. Any questions before we close? Wishing everybody a wonderful day. In Yitzhashem, we will have the shir throughout this week, including Friday, Yitzhashem, I hope, including Erev Yantif. And then during Sukkot, Chalamoy Sukkot, we will not have the shir. It's Rabbein Azal's yard site, takes place in middle of Sukkot, in the middle of Chalamoy. In Yitzhashem, there'll be many shirim, hopefully, you know, that, that'll be recorded also. Thank you, Rev Nassim. Have a great day. All the best.